The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, central banks once again are a major focus around the world following yesterday's Fed decision. Jay Powell and company kept rates unchanged but signaled they're going to stay higher for longer. We're prepared to raise rates further if appropriate, and we intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we're confident that inflation is moving down sustainably toward our objective. Jay Powell and the Fed held their target range, while updated quarterly projections showed most officials favored another rate hike this year. Policymakers also see less easing next year. Well, after that decision, Nathan, former New York Fed President Bill Dudley said there's work to do to get inflation down to 2%. Uh, there have been a little bit of an upward movement in people's estimates of the long-term federal funds rate in this summary of economic projections, first in June and again uh, this month. Uh, so what basically the Fed is concluding is maybe monetary policy is not quite as tight as we think it is. And Bill Dudley is now a Bloomberg Opinion columnist. He added that he thinks a rate hike in November would be surprising. Well, Karen, one Wall Street titan says the Fed needs to be more aggressive. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon says the Fed may have to keep increasing its benchmark interest rates to combat persistent inflation. Speaking in Detroit yesterday, Dimon said the central bank was, quote, a day late and a dollar short. And rapid increases over the last 18 months have just been catching up. Well, we get another major policy decision later today, Nathan. The Bank of England will decide whether to call a halt to the string of 14 consecutive interest rate increases. And Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden has the preview from London. The chance that the Bank of England slams the brakes on its fastest run of rate hikes in decades today rose after yesterday's happy inflation surprise. Still, a quarter point hike does remain on the table with wage growth hot and inflation expectations raging. All eyes will be on the guidance surrounding today's decision to gauge whether, if the Bank of England does hike, this will be its last. The question being, are we at the peak of Table Mountain, as the Governor and Chief Economist have hinted? Lizzie Burden, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Lizzie, thanks. Back here in the U.S., a possible government shutdown is less than 10 days away, but House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is reporting some progress in negotiations. We get the details from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in Washington. Speaker McCarthy won the support of a few hardliners last night as he worked to pass a short-term spending bill to head off a government shutdown. After the closed-door meeting that lasted more than two hours, McCarthy was still short the votes that he needs to pass a GOP spending measure, a measure that has no chance of passing the Senate, but he says they are closer. And if he does succeed, the measure would at least set parameters for a possible negotiation with the Senate on federal spending. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thanks. Well, a major flashpoint in the Capitol Hill spending fight will come into focus when Vladimir Zelensky comes to Washington. The Ukrainian president will be on Capitol Hill this morning pushing for a new weapons package. But Speaker Kevin McCarthy says his fellow Republicans have questions. These are hardworking taxpayer dollars. I want to make sure there's accountability where the resources are going. I want to see a plan of what we're looking for for victory. And I think members will sit and have their questions as well. 
Speaker Kevin McCarthy is under pressure from far-right conservatives who want to end U.S. assistance. The White House says it's confident the vast majority of lawmakers still support Ukraine aid, and seeing Zelensky in person could dampen any opposition. As for what's happening in the war now, Karen, Russia just launched its most intensive uh, missile barrage this month. The mayor of Kiev says at least seven people were hurt when at least 20 missiles were shot down. Seven others were hurt in a strike on a hotel in central Ukraine. Russia, meanwhile, reported 19 Ukrainian drone attacks on Crimea. Well, Nathan, we have new developments now involving two major labor disputes across the country. The Writers Guild of America and the group representing major Hollywood studios will meet for a second day. Sources say the studios have agreed to one of the union's major demands, additional payments for the success of TV shows on streaming services. The Guild will give its response later today. Well, there's not as much optimism involving the auto workers strike, Karen. A union negotiator says Stellantis's new contract offer to the United Auto Workers lacks job security guarantees. UAW will now have a Facebook Live event tomorrow morning. It's likely to discuss whether additional plants will face strikes. Well, let's turn to Wall Street now, Nathan. Shares of FedEx up 5% in early trading. The company posting profit that beat analyst estimates and the company raising its earnings forecast. We get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. FedEx is benefiting from cost cutting. Earlier this year, the company announced a multi-year restructuring to reduce cost and improve efficiency by $6 billion. But that's not the whole story. FedEx added customers who switched from UPS, its main rival, on concern over a potential strike. And on top of that, the freight unit of FedEx picked up some volume from trucker Yellow Corporation. You might recall Yellow declared bankruptcy in early August. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Doug, thanks for also watching shares of Broadcom. They're down more than 5%. The information is reporting that Google executives are discussing dropping Broadcom as an AI chip supplier as early as 2027. And finally, Nathan, that didn't last very long. Instacart, the grocery delivery giant that soared as much as 43% in its trading debut two days ago, has now wiped out virtually all of those gains. The stock fell nearly 11% yesterday and closed just 10 cents above the $30 level from its initial public offering. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Air Force General Charles Q. Brown Jr. is set to become America's top military officer. This is the first Pentagon confirmation since a recent blockade on military promotions by Alabama Senator Tommy Turberville, who claimed, or rather who blames, Democrats for the delay of the vote. Instead of voting, Democrats have spent months complaining about having to vote. They want us to use floor time for things like liberal judges, like the one we confirmed a couple hours ago. It was actually Turbeville who had blocked military personnel moves for months because he wants to overturn a Pentagon policy of granting leave and travel expenses for service members who seek abortion services. An age limit for politicians is being proposed in Congress. It is not sitting well with some of the older lawmakers. Texas Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is 73 years old, and she would have only two years left under this proposal, which caps political service at age 75. It undermines the people's ability to run their government as they 
choose. Jackson Lee says it would be up to voters to decide if someone is just too old to serve in office. Former President Donald Trump reportedly plans to skip the third Republican presidential debate. That continues his strategy of avoiding forums that include his lower polling political rivals. Trump did not show up for the first debate. He said he won't participate in the second debate. That's coming up on September 27th at Reagan Presidential Library. And Trump has questioned the benefit of debating at all because he holds such a wide lead over the rest of the GOP field. A family is suing Google for negligence, saying its outdated navigation system led to their father's death. The family's attorney, Robert Zimmerman, says multiple people had been notifying Google Maps about a bridge collapse, but nothing was done to update the app's route information. For years, Google attempted to lead people over a collapsed bridge despite being notified by users of this exact danger. 47-year-old Philip Paxson was using Google Maps to drive home from his daughter's birthday party outside Charlotte, North Carolina last year when Google Maps led him down a road onto the bridge that had collapsed nearly 10 years ago and had never been repaired. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. And now get the latest news whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. It's the top stories from our global team of reporters at the click of a button. Get Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, and anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Yeah, these are not good times for the Chicago Bears. They're 0-2. They've lost 12 games in a row going back to last season. Their defensive coordinator, Allen Williams, is taking a leave of absence. He didn't coach the game last Sunday. He says it's for health reasons. There was a report that the FBI just raided his home. And starting quarterback Justin Fields struggled last Sunday. He said his play was too robotic, and he was asked why that was the case. Could be uh coaching i think but um you know at the end of the day it makes it you know uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me you know what to look at stuff like that but at the end of the day i you know can't be thinking about that when the game comes i prepare myself throughout the week and then when the game comes it's you know it's it's, it's time to play free at that point so field said his comments were taken out of context in terms of criticizing the coaching staff week three begins tonight the giants coming off that big comeback win Last Sunday at Arizona, visiting the 49ers, who are 2-0, it's their home opener. Baseball, the Orioles lost in Houston 2-1. Astros scored in the 8th and ninth innings to stay in first place in the AL West. Nationals were up 12-0 in the 5th inning, went on to beat the White Sox 13-3. The Red Sox led early on 4-0, then lost to Texas 15-5. Rangers hit four home runs. A's lost at home to Seattle 6-2. The Giants fell to 500. They're out of it pretty much for a wild card. They lost at Arizona 7-1. The Diamondbacks keep the lead for the second National League wild card. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. They're almost done raising rates, but the fight against inflation is far from over. That was the message Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve had for markets as they kept interest rates unchanged for now. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting based on the totality of the incoming data and their implications for the outlook for economic activity and inflation, as well as the balance of risks. Given how far we have come, we are in a position to proceed carefully as we assess the incoming data and the evolving outlook and risks. For more on the Fed's decision and more central bank decisions to come, we are joined by Bloomberg Opinion columnist Marcus Ashworth. Marcus, good morning. We can now proceed carefully. We heard that a lot from Chairman Powell. What message do you take from that? Um, Well, I think that uh, what I like about Powell is that uh, he's basically saying they don't really have any clear idea what's going on, but he's not rushing to judgment one way or the other. The bias is still to tighten even though that may not mean much or, or anything at all, in fact. Um, you know, at the moment, the economy is too strong to talk about rate cuts at any point or any need to talk about rate cuts, and he wants to make sure it doesn't get rapidly priced in, as the markets often want to do. I don't think he's got much time for the, 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 the dot plots, the summary of economic predictions. I think he finds it a distraction. Unfortunately, the more he says, don't look at them, they don't mean much, and they may change, and they're clearly as they change as, as the winds blow in different directions. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the media seem to take it more and more seriously. They've got nothing else to hang their hat on, because, as he's saying, it's difficult at the moment. It's an unclear picture. We're taking it you know, as, we, as we go along. Um, at the moment, there's no need to hike rates further. Uh, you know, inflation, in compared to the rest of the world, inflation in the U.S. is actually doing pretty well. It's coming down nicely. Um, but, you know, look, he, he's, he's doing as, as, as competent a job as you can expect. Um, I really wouldn't read too much into um, what perhaps the, the people think that the Fed wants to do um, by the rest of this, this year or even to next. I, mean, I, I still think they will, they will stay where they are, and I don't expect to see another rate hike. But, you know, Powell just doesn't want to get um, the opposite priced in too quickly where everyone races to think there's going to be rate cuts. Because so you don't think that the dot plot is a, is a reflection of what the chairman had to say in his message? I mean, we had uh, you know, a dozen policymakers saying they do see another rate hike, and it sounded like Chairman Powell was keeping the door open to that. No, he's keeping the door open. I just don't think that they will go through that door. And I don't think Powell thinks that either. But, you know, you can't say that because then everyone will think the opposite. Um, so for the moment, um, you know, look, there is a possibility, let's face it, if crude prices continue to go higher and higher and we go through 100, that maybe they feel they may have to do one more. Um, you know, that is, that is out of everyone's hands at the moment as to what happens there. Of course, there's a possibility. And he's very sensible and prudent to keep and reflect what, in essence, the dot plot is saying. I just don't think he believes in the usefulness of the dot plot. But... Mm-hmm. Regardless of what he's saying, everyone's hanging that hat on that because that's all they can they can see through. I just don't. I think in three months' time, uh, the chances of that uh, reality of what people think say they think think they think now and actually doing it are two different things. Up next, we got the Bank of England. Got a lot more interesting here with uh, the surprise drop in inflation. Uh, what do you see from the BOE this morning? Yeah, well, I mean, the inflation data is better. It's been a long time coming. It's about time the UK inflation data got better. It, it, you know, we've just had some sort of very sticky uh, contractual-led uh, food price inflation, which has finally started, a long last start to drop out. Um, and I think we'll continue to. Uh, yes, uh, you know, obviously, like around the rest of the world, uh, fuel prices have been going up, but and that added about 0.3 to the headline. You know, it, it, so there's 
potential for that to add more in the next month or two. But equally, if, if ever oil prices was to drop, it would feed straight back out the other way. And clearly, energy prices, we've still got some more good news to come. So I would say that the, the, the Bank of England sort of content by that. It's finally working its own way. That's why I think they want to get to the so-called tabletop, uh, which the chief economist Hugh Pill mentioned. Um, they can't really do it unless the Fed is, is clearly on that tabletop as well. Uh, and indeed, by the fact that the European Central Bank raised rates one last time, probably to four last week, it means I think they will go one last move to five and a half and then say, look, we're on this tabletop like everyone else is now. And we've probably done, uh, you know, well, I think too much, but they certainly think they've done sufficient to try and keep hold of, of uh, inflation. They're much more worried about wage data than they are by consumer prices. And that's the thing that's keeping them uh, ratcheting, uh, you know, the monetary pain up because they really need to get a hold of a very, very strong um, wage data. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.